This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Nah, I don't eat eggs. You don't eat eggs? No. Ever? No. Scrambled? No. A hard-boiled egg? No. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Patrick Mahomes, the magic show, is here in Oakland pulling the rabbit out of the hat and handing the rabbit to Travis Kelsey. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked off Fish of the Age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Touchdown! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So you're more of a traditional Hark, Christmas Hark music. Hark the Herald Angels sing. I like that. Hark the Herald Angels oh, yeah. sing. Yeah, I like that. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, similar to the Ohio State University, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, you ready for some basketball tonight? Hey, anytime. I've had four days to think about a couple of losses. Everybody's a any, little down in the dumps, and anytime, what we need is two wins tonight. Anytime it's McPherson and Bueller, it's always exciting. Of course, the game down in Bueller will be on the air around 540. Uh, to me... The rivalry has changed a little bit. It has become much more peaceful, if that's the word. I don't know. I thought that Bueller boys game against McPherson I, back in I, I March really, of last I, year know, was, was pretty the, animated. The uh, Bueller intense. girls, I believe, are going to wear T-shirts tonight in honor of Coach Strathman. Yeah. I think that's just a fantastic gesture. Just Justin Sizer and the folks over at Bueller. He's they, the man. Justin Sizer is the man. He's the AD at Bueller. He, he you know, it just seems like that... Uh, the, the, to me, uh, the, the rivalry has just become friendly competitive instead of just competitive. It's friendly competitive. Both teams respect each other. All the coaches respect each other. And I think it'll be a couple great games tonight down in Bueller. I think everybody needs a couple of wins here in McPherson. Even yeah. though the McPherson girls are 2-1, and one, it hasn't felt like your traditional 2-1 and one right. just because they haven't shot the ball that well. The boys are 0-3. A couple of wins this week for both teams would go a long way in getting ready for the second semester. And let's face it, we both teams for McPherson have played three really good teams. Right. That's and, the other thing you have to remember. Yeah, you have to remember they have played three really good teams, and and the and the common thread for both teams for McPherson, they're just not shooting the ball well right now. And we know they can, and they will. They'll shoot the ball well at some point, and tonight could be the night. You just never know. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in a couple of minutes. We'll give you a little preview and give you the update on what you need to expect tonight, who are the players to watch, and all the insight that Steve and I have from all of our tremendous years of experience and our great <laughs> knowledge and our big brains. But the big story to talk about today, Steve, that is that Kansas State has its new football coach. Now, that coach is not quite on campus yet and might not be for a long time, but Kansas State, they've got their guy in Chris Kleiman, who, for those of you that have been living under the rock the last couple of weeks, Kleiman has been, to me, I think the, the second name that I've heard the most. Seth Luttrell from North Texas right. was the big one. Then that kind of fell through late last week. 
Chris Kleiman, the head coach currently at North Dakota State, the home of the Bison, not the Bison, the Bison. The Bison? The Bison. Okay. That's I how would, they say it. I always so, thought it was bison. Sort of like Boise. Okay. It's not Boise, it's Boise. Okay. But anyway. Well, thanks for the phonetic lesson. Yeah. Chris Kleiman, I think he's a great pick for this Kansas State football program. And I said that last night on Twitter. And there have been some people that I've seen, especially on the K-State side, that have been very negative about this hire. And Well, he's not a big name. Well, I mean, he is a pretty big name. But, he's won three national championships at the but, FCS level. But he, he's, not, he's not that splash. He's not a Les Miles. No. And, but I, I, I agree with you. I haven't done a lot of research on him. But it just seems like, you know, he's done everything he can at North Dakota State. You know, he's taking that program as far as it's going to go. He's probably 67 and 6 as the head coach of that. Probably going to win another national championship. Uh, He's got an NFL quarterback in Carson Wentz. Yeah. So, you know, if Kansas State fans are disappointed because it's not a name hire, look beyond the subs, you know, look beyond the style and look at the substance. The one thing that I really like about Chris Kleiman. And the thing that I think makes him the best fit for Kansas State, opposed to a guy like Seth Luttrell, is that Kleiman, throughout his entire time at North Dakota State, whether it was as a coordinator, whether it was just as an assistant, whether it was in his time as a head coach for the Bison, he's been able to do more with less. You know what's really hard to do? Is get guys to come play FCS football in Fargo, North Dakota. Fargo Dome. They get to play in the Fargo Dome, all caps. Yeah. That is not an easy thing to do. No. You know what has also not been a very easy thing to do, traditionally, is get guys to go play football at Kansas State in Manhattan. Bill Snyder has been able to do more with less than probably any program in the country. Oh, yeah. Especially dating back to the early years. Now, recently, they've been able to have some big-time recruits, some four, some five stars, not many, but he's been able to do more with less. Chris Kleiman, coming from that same background, having to do more with less. And in my head, I see North Dakota State and Kansas State as very similar football programs. I see them as programs that are rooted, and I guess we'll just call K-State the last 30 years, rooted in tradition, rooted in doing things the right way, that they're, to me, the fan bases are similar, that it's a group of people that, are very passionate about their teams. And I think Chris Kleiman is going to be the perfect mold and the perfect personality that you could want at K-State. Let me ask you this. How old is he? He is 51 years old. Okay. It seemed like... His birthday is September 27, 1967. What does that make him? 51. No, I was going to say, is he a Virgo or Pisces? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't follow the signs. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is it seemed like... You know, I saw clips of various former Kansas State players... They said they wanted to go a lot younger. Okay. 51. It's this is How old do you think Bill Snyder was when he took over? Mm, he was about 48 or so. He was somewhere in there cuz what what is he now 81? He's 79. 79. So somewhere yeah, he's 49. right. Yeah. But it's about I, the same age. The thing is, I think K-State's trying to catch lightning in a bottle cuz Bill Snyder was a relative unknown. And look what he did. And I know Kleinman has won some national championships at the subdivision level. But let me ask you this. Three weeks ago, did you know who Chris Kleiman was? Yes. Okay. I didn't. I'm very familiar with this North Dakota State program. And when you look at a lot of analytics, I've seen this one analytic pop up, and that is 
based off of whoever. Are you familiar with Ken Palm and the basketball side? Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's similar to that, but with college football, that North Dakota State, the only team that on paper in the Big 12 that is better than them, Oklahoma, West Virginia, that on paper, North Dakota State would beat K-State, they would beat KU, and would beat just about everybody else in the Big 12. So it's not like he's coaching the University of Central Arkansas. He's coaching a big-time program with big-time expectations. It's just they're not at the big-time level. and But they've won at the highest level, too. Right. Because you look at some of the other FCS programs that are so successful. James Madison, I think they've been one that's been good. Youngstown State, you know the coach is there. It used to be Trestle, but I don't know who it is now. Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini, really. Eastern Washington with the red turf. This is a program that competes at a very high level. And I know people will sit here and go, oh, it's FCS. It's not like he's coaching at the NAI level. It's not like this is Division Two, Division Three. This is big-time Division One football. And in their league, it's a big-time league. Yeah. That It's typically one of the best leagues in FCS. I just think he's a winner. I think he's got enough of that blue-collar edge, the edginess that comes with a guy like that and a program like that. I just think he's a great fit for K-State and that he's a guy that people are going to like. Now, what are they saying about his staff? Because that was the big sticking point with Seth I haven't read a ton about his staff, but I do know Kleiman is, is at least trying to stay back and coach North Dakota State as they continue to win. Right. They're still in the playoffs. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna make the final. They'll probably win it. They lost in the final four a couple of years ago. I remember I was watching it down in Daytona at the national championship game for Baker. But it'll be interesting because I think there are some K State people that are not happy with him sticking around and coaching his team for the next possible two or three weeks. So and because they want to get under the recruiting trails. Right. Not only to recruit this upcoming 2019 class, but also get in there with the guys that are currently on the roster Mm -hmm. and get on the same page because this is a big transformation. To go from a guy who has essentially been with the program for 30 years, we'll cut out the Ron Prince years, but to have the same person there doing things the exact same way, people get used to it. You get comfortable. Like an old shoe. This is going to be different. And so I think there are some K-State fans that are a little worried about bringing a new guy in here late in the process because Les Miles, he was announced before the season was over. He was getting on the recruiting trail early. He's done a he good was job already, with the local guys. He was already recruiting before he'd even been hired, though. He was he was pretty sure he was going to get a college job. He was at least making contact, I believe, with guys. Mason Fairchild from Andale, who yeah. the Bullpups saw Studly. a couple of times in a couple of different sports last year. He has flipped his commitment from South Dakota to KU. They got a guy out of St. Thomas Aquinas, Russell, Jaden Jay- Russell. Jaden Russell. They got him. He's like so, a four-star or three-star. So KU's getting things going. Yeah. And I think that's the worry for some K-State And they're getting fans. their staff together. They've, they've hired an OC and a DC. The and offensive that, coordinator and from a, Auburn. And a D-back coach that played at LSU for Les Miles. So that is one of the worries that I know some people have. The other worry that I saw from a few people is trying to compare him to David Beatty. And people are saying that... His personality is very similar. And that he sort of has this feeling of, oh, I just I'm so happy to even have this Division One job. Oh, it's such a great honor to be in the Power Five. Oh, I, I'm just so thankful for this. And they're going, 
He has the same mannerisms and things he's saying that David Beatty said. But here's the one difference. He, and it's a big difference. He knows how to use his timeouts. Well, that helps too. Yeah. But he has been a head coach at a college program. Right. At a major college right. program. Right. David Beatty was the head coach at a high school for one year. And a receivers coach. And then was never a head coach again. Right. This guy has been coaching at a high level in big-time games. Because they've been in FCS playoff games deep into the postseason, has won three national championships. This guy has a lot of experience at Chris Kleiman, where David Beatty had zero experience. Coach Pav at McPherson High School is more qualified to be the KU head football coach than David Beatty was (laughs) based off of head coaching experience. Yeah. Coach Merkowitz from McPherson College has more college head coaching experience than David Beatty. Right. So... It, it, sometimes it's not about experience. Sometimes it's getting the right people in there. But David Beatty had none. Right. And Chris Kleiman has a ton. Right. And he was the defensive coordinator for a couple of championship teams in North Dakota State. And now I think he's going to transition into this role well. I really like this hire. I think he's the right fit. Whether K-State fans will embrace him and take him in like they would with Coach Schneider, I don't know. But I really like this hire. I'm, I'm coming from somebody that's not a big-time K-State fan. I'm curious to see what Bill Moses Snyder has to say about it. He hasn't said a whole lot he publicly. Probably, he probably won't. I think he's smart enough to know he should keep his fingers off the program here for a little bit. I know he did speak at their end-of-season awards banquet, but for the most part, he hasn't made a lot of public comments since all of this has gone down. And this is outside the K-State family now, so... That's true. It's been a long time since somebody outside the K-State family has led the program. Now, as I look at Chris Kleiman's background, for one year he was the head coach at Loris College. Is that where Coach Merck was? That's where Coach Merck was. Now, is that where he went to school? Coach Merck went to Loris. And then he went back there to be the head coach for two or three years and then left from there to Right, he went from Hastings to Loris before he went to Mac. And so he was the defensive coordinator at Loris for three years. Head coach at Loris from what year? in 2005. What year was he at Loris? 2002 to 2005. Okay. so Coach Merck probably would have been at Hastings then, he right? He was still at Hastings, yeah. Kleiman was also a defensive back coach at KU and at Missouri State, at Western Illinois, at Northern Iowa, which is where he played. I just see a lot of blue-collar roots with Chris Kleiman. A lot of Midwest roots. Where Cliff Kingsbury, as much as I like him as a coach... And I think he's a great offensive innovator. I don't know if that is the guy K-State would want. Because I don't think he really embodies what their program wants, what their fans like, and what the school is like. They Cliff like Kingsbury, a little too good-looking. Yeah, he's got the sunglasses oh, on. Yeah. He's got the beard too, going, the hair cool, slicked back. Too cool for school, some would say. I, I think that fit doesn't work at K-State. I think they want somebody that they can relate to. And it's going to roll their sleeves up, get their hands dirty, and get down in the trenches. And And being an Arkansas fan, I hear this all the time. And it even happened with Jeff Long whenever he was the athletic director. He's not an Arkansas guy. He's a Yankee. Would you rather have Chad Morris, who they have now, or or Kleinman? Well, it's an interesting question. (laughs) I would probably take Chad Morris, because I think Arkansas has to do things a little differently. I think they have to be able to schematically win games as opposed to just being able to grind it out because they can't beat Alabama in the trenches. They can't beat Auburn. They right. can't beat LSU. Right. But 
you see that sometimes with some some fan bases. We want people to be like us. And Brett Bielema had that a little bit in, in my experience with watching Arkansas people. You know who had it great and that Arkansas people loved? Frank Houston Royals. Nutt. Oh, Houston Nutt. Houston Nutt was an Arkansas type of guy. Yeah. A little goofy. Snarly. He, he, he Snarky. Would, he would run his mouth a little bit. Yeah. He had some fire to him. He had some flame. Because Arkansas people have the us-against-the-world mentality. Goes back to Nolan Richardson. The world is against Arkansas. Yeah. And I don't really think K-State has that. I don't think people in Manhattan sit there and say, oh, everybody's out to get us. But I do think they have this embodiment of a blue collar, we're going to work hard, we're going to do more with less, and we're going to still beat you and be very proud about it. And I think that is exactly what Chris Kleiman is, and I think that's what North Dakota State has been. Well, he's, it's going to be interesting. He's going to have to really recruit because K-State has a lot of holes to fill. Gene Taylor with a big hire here because, let's face it, K-State athletic directors over the last 30 years have not had to make the big hire. That's right. They've had to hire Frank Martin, who at that time was not even a big hire. It was just moving up a p- guy. Pick the random guy out of the assistant coaching ranks and yep. throw him in there. Yeah. Bruce Weber. It's not like that was some big fancy hire, and so far he's been a not such a big fancy pick. I mean, he's been pretty average. But he got him to the elite eight last year. That's true. They got hot at the right time. But this is a big move. Yeah. And. I really want K-State fans to give Chris Kleiman time because that happens sometimes with these new coaches. David Beatty didn't earn himself a lot of time at KU because things were so bad and they were not making any progress. And honestly, he got too much time in terms of the athletic department. Four years was enough. Yeah, I really want K-State to give Chris Kleiman enough time to make an impact because it took Bill Snyder, what, Five years to really get it going. Four yeah, years to four really years get them competitive. That especially with the way the Big Twelve is right now, with these innovative offenses and every team can score, it is hard to get it going in that. Well, league. it's just going to be interesting to see if he gets away from that offense that Bill Snyder's been running. I don't know exactly what North Dakota State's offense oriented. is like. I, I don't. I don't know a ton about it schematically, but. I think it's a great hire. I know some K-State people are not thrilled. They think it's sort of a bland hire. A guy that's never coached at the Power Five. But I think I like it. I really do. All right, Steve, let's take a break. When we come back, a little bullpup basketball to talk about as McPherson makes a trip over to Beeler tonight. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, and a very cold Steve Sell. Why are you so cold? I'm always cold. Put some gloves on. Put a hat on. I've got them. Mittens. I've got them. You should get some of those those little mittens with the fingers cut out, so that way you can still write and take notes and use your phone. That's what a lot of people have. Well, now, I'm- they even made some mittens, Steve, that work on, smart, on touch screens. 
that it's got a little a little different end on the fingers that you can still use it on your touch screen. Oh, okay. Because if you're wearing gloves, the it's based off your fingerprint and, and the skin contact. Okay. So it's a little different for you. Well, I know your phone is, is very early touch screen, so maybe you could just touch it with, the, with anything and it'll still work. <laughs> Steve, we've got a couple of fun ones going on tonight at Bueller as McPherson basketball teams try to get back into some winning streaks. They're both on a at least losing one streak at this moment. The girls have lost one in a row. The boys have actually lost four in a row dating back to last season. So both teams going on the road trying to snap losing streaks doesn't happen very often. No, and uh, the sky's not falling. The no. Sun, the sun's still coming up in the east every morning. Everything's going to be fine. At the end of the year, we'll just look back and say, for at least for the boys, slow start. They'll be fine. And the girls, I think tonight is going to be their breakout night, and I think they're going to really get on a roll because I know this team can shoot. They are better than 30% shooters. So I, I think the lid's going to come off the basket tonight. And I, and I really believe they're going to get Bueller sped up tonight, and I look for really a, a, a comfortable bullpup victory tonight. McPherson's girls shot 48% from the field last year, and they're at 30 right now. 39% from three last year. They're at 26 right now. So those numbers are going to get better. And I think the one thing you'll hear us talk about over the next 10 days, is that how many days are left? But Taylor it? Robertson skews the numbers. Well, yeah, she helps those numbers a lot. Yeah. Over the next nine days, I guess, is finishing this first semester strong. Right. Because we will look at these two teams a whole lot differently if after the next three games, the Bueller game tonight, then at home against Winfield on Friday, and then the Dodge City game to wrap up the semester on the 20th, if both of these teams go out, win three games, the girls go into the break at 5-1, and one, the boys go into the break at 3-3, three and three, we will look at these teams a whole lot differently. Sure. And the thing that is nice is those three wins for both teams are right there waiting for them, that they can easily go out and win all three games. Now for the boys, with Bueller tonight, another young team, they lost 90% of their scoring from last season. With the great seniors they had, Grant Owens, who had a terrific game for McPherson College over the weekend. I think he had 25, 25 in their the win and their loss to friends. You lose a Dalton Brown, who's one of the best athletes they've had in school history. Dylan Brown, Dalton Smyers, who's up at Bethany. They lose even more than McPherson lost, which is hard to say that. Yeah. McPherson has the edge in having Jake Alexander it, back. It's going to look like you take out Jake, and it's going to look like last year's JV teams playing each other. Here's another interesting stat Bueller is a good matchup for McPherson for this reason. Bueller is not very big either. And Big can beat this McPherson boys team because they are not a very big team. Bueller has been outscored in the paint 78-26 to 26 this season. I have a feeling Coach Kinneman told his team last night Cody Stuffelbean could have a big game if we get the ball to him. 78-26. to 26. Wow. That is a lot of points in the paint yeah. for their opponents. These two teams on the Bueller side, they opened up the season with Hutch on Tuesday. They played on the road at Hutch. The Bueller girls won 33-31 in overtime, and then they beat Salina South 54-42 in their second game. So the Bueller girls are 2-0. On the boys' side, the Bueller boys won 58-50. From all of my inclinations and things I've read, the Hutch boys are still struggling a little bit. They had right. a bad football year. They're, they're still right. getting things going again. And then they lost to Salina South 70-58 on the boys' side. So this is a Bueller team 
Boys are 1-1, one one, girls are 2-0. and oh. Bueller's girls return almost everybody from last year. I don't know if they had a senior from last year. But they're returning everybody from a team that lost three times to McPherson, all, I believe, by running clock. The first game was 60-29, to 29, and that was the one that was right after New Year's Day. It was January 2nd here right. at McPherson, 60-29. Then when the Bullpup girls went over to Bueller, Taylor Robertson had a freaky night. I think she made nine or ten threes. McPherson won 71-22. And then in the first game of Substate, Bueller's girls came over here and lost 80-36. to 36. And, see, I st- and that was the game where McPherson had five different girls in double digits. I still believe the, bullpup- the Bullpups' pressure bothered Derby. If they would have just made enough shots, they could have got into that if pressure If they make de- about three more shots, they're right in that game. Yeah, the pressure defense bothered Derby. If it's going to bother Derby, I got a feeling it's going to bother Bueller. And then the number we've been saying for a long time, and you've been writing about for a long time, the Bueller boys have not beat McPherson since 1997. And last year, all three games were, at least they felt close. They were, they felt close. By the end of the games, all three times, it wasn't close. In the first one, McPherson won 59-48, an 11-point game, but it was close down the stretch. Mm -hmm. The second one was a 20-point game at the finish, but Ben Pyle had a cold night that night. Jake Alexander scored 20 points, 57-37, but that was a single-digit game late in that game. And then the third time in the Substate Final, that one felt like the closest of them all, and they won 58-33. Yeah, and it was a technical, I think, on Bueller that turned the game right for the Bullpup boys. It seemed like it was a technical foul, and it seemed like after that, uh, Bueller just fell apart. They had a bad night that night, and McPherson was able to run away with it in the right. second half. So as we look at these two matchups tonight, it's pretty simple. And the thing that we continue to say over and over again, if these McPherson teams just shoot it a little bit, yeah, they're going to win. If the boys shoot it a little bit, they're probably 2-1. and one. If they shoot it really well the last three games, they could have been 3-0. and oh. oh, easily. The McPherson girls, Derby was obviously a very tough game. Right. And we're going to look back at the end of this year, and Derby might go undefeated. That and they are a very good team. And so 2-1 and one or 3-0, and oh, both of these teams, they're on the right track. They're getting good looks. They're running good sets. They've just got to get a few more shots to go down. And for the girls, they've got to start making some free throws. Yeah. Yeah, it should be a really good free-throw shooting team. And um, I think Coach Reese said it after the game, we haven't had the right people shooting. Our our best free-throw shooters haven't been getting to the free-throw line, though. And another thing that we've talked about several times is that when you lose Taylor Robertson and her (laughs) free-throw shooting, yeah, it skews some things a little bit, too. Right. When she took about 70% of the free-throws and made about 98% of them, it, it makes things a little interesting. So a couple of fun ones coming up tonight on the road at Bueller. Girls will start at 6. The boys will follow at probably around 7.30. We'll take the air at about 5.40 right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, let's take one more break. We've got an announcement to talk about in terms of Friday's game and the Wall of Fame festivities and one more thing that was added to the docket for Friday when the Bullpups will take on Winfield. Back after this, you're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 
Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, we got some word down the wire earlier today. I've been saying that a lot lately. Do you remember when you have to get stories down the wire? Oh, yeah. I've never had to do that. No, I did. But I would I, I would welcome the opportunity. Off the teletype. Yeah. I used to do that. We got some word today about some changes in what will be happening on Friday as McPherson hosts the Wall of Fame night. They take on the Winfield Vikings on Friday, both boys and girls teams. And in between is when they're going to have their Wall of Fame ceremony and the banner, the long, long list of people that will right. be inducted. But they have added something to the event, which I think is really cool, and, and we'll be able to promote it a little bit more throughout the week. So, Colon Cancer Awareness Night is going to be the theme for Friday night, and you wrote it in your story. Normally, it's wear red, wear white to support McPherson, and even though the Winfield Vikings are blue, it'll work out well because they'll also be wearing blue. Blue is the color for colon cancer awareness. And so in honor of Coach Strathman and everything that's been going on with him and him missing these last couple of weeks with his battle with colon cancer, everybody's going to be wearing blue. And a lot of the proceeds from this game will be going to help Coach Strathman's family with some of the medical expenses. And we believe he's going to be in attendance on Friday night in order, sure to, so. in order to be able to see the banner unveiled right in front of his classroom door from the state championship from last year. But it's going to be a really special night. And normally the girls' basketball team has their pink night right. in February where they take the proceeds from that game going to women and children combating cancer. But on Friday night, those benefits and, and the money that they raise will be going to help Coach Strathman. Yeah, and McPherson fans on Friday, wear blue. We, wear your blue. Wear your blue. Winfield's going to think it's an honor of them, but uh, like you said, uh, uh, it's, it's for Coach Strathman. They're going to have cookies for Chris available, a dozen chocolate chip cookies. They're going to raffle off a state championship basketball signed by the McPherson girls basketball team. Uh, boy, what a mo- what a great memento that'd be to have on your trophy case you know have t-rob and mandy cooks and all the girls signing that basketball and uh, it's just going to be a great night at the roundhouse it's going to be an emotional night at the roundhouse and i just hope the crowd turns out huge for this night it's going to be a long long night for winfield especially the boys team and they're going to be sitting in the locker room just waiting and waiting and waiting as they go through the wall of fame members how many are there like 12 or 13 12 so to go through all those members, then the state championship banners that will be dropping down, plus I'm sure we might get a speech thrown in there somewhere. It's going to be a really special night. It's going to be a very emotional night, but we're excited about it and, and getting Coach Strathman back in the building. Of course, he won't be on the sidelines yet. Coach Reith will still be handling that here for at least the next three games getting right. into the semester break, but it'll be great to have him back in the house. And He told me earlier, I think last week, that oh, it's going to be hard to keep me away from that Bueller game and driving down the road. I don't think he's going to be making the trip there no, tonight. I don't If you see so. some guy standing in the back with a with a hat on and a, and a cloak and a, and a big jacket <laughs> pulled up above his face, maybe that would be him. But I think he, it's going to be hard for but him to stay away. But he's five, so he kind of stands yeah, out. Yeah, he'll, he'll stand out a little bit. But he'll be listening to us and watching on the live video stream as the Bullpup teams are at Bueller tonight. Should be a fun one, Steve. We enjoy making our way over to the Jim Baker Fieldhouse. Oh, yeah. In honor of me, the Jim Jim. <laughs> yeah. You hear good band, good band. Bueller's got a great band. band. Yeah. Like the McPherson band. Really good. We're going to have a fun night tonight. McPherson and Bueller. Girls start at 6. Boys will follow sometime at around 730. We'll hear from interim coach Mike Reith on our CHS refinery at McPherson pregame show. 
starting at around 5.40. Looking forward to it, Steve. Go warm up. I'm going to go warm up. All right, we'll wrap up today's show. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll, t- we'll see you tonight at Bueller. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.